Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined today by the inevitable. Hmm. The inevitable? Yes. The wearing <laughs> socks right now. I am. The pink shirt wearing Salmon. Clo- salmon. <laughs> Joshua Lewis Smith. <laughs> Yo. Hey. Hey, Josh. Hey. This is so nice. We're having, we're living our best lives yeah, tonight, basically. Um, I got picked up from work. I didn't have to take the train home. We went to Whole Foods because we're terrible. Oh. Um, black bean burgers happened. Oh, they were so mm-hmm. good. Josh, Josh was here for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to play D&D later. Yeah. Like Can't our wait. private game of D&D, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. No, um, I'm pretty pumped about it. Pretty yeah. pumped. And it's a campaign that, like, the four of us... So, it, this campaign is me, Daniel, Josh, and Tyler. And it is it is a... We are four people who are very difficult to get in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's, like, an amazing... It's, like, a it's a feat. I think that's... I, I remember when, before we started recording last week, I was like, oh, this feels like more of a return to form last week. Because mm-hmm. I could feel what was coming up, like... Uh, that was Moody, by the way. They made that weird... Moody's <laughs> sitting on my lap, and you can hear her purring. You can hear her purring, you can hear her movements. Hold on, I actually want to see it. Yeah, yeah I you can, can totally hear it. hear it. I don't know how that... how Sometimes you can hear things more as you're recording than... In post, but you know what I might do is I might go in later and like boost bump, 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 bump that purr. Yeah, just for that second. Anyway, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, just that you know I, I'm really excited for the cold weather because I feel like in a lot of ways, like this summer has been like the most chaotic summer of just kind of like let's slapdash everything together and you know um, it feels t- like a nice yeah. like I'm tired of slapdashing. Mm. Yeah. It's a nice, it feels like a nice return to form, I guess is my point. It feels like the last spring was the exposition, and then the summer was the development, and now we're getting a nice recapitulation. Hopefully not a recapitulation of last winter. I was like, unemployed, and it was dark and snowy, and life was not the best. Well, yeah, you know what would be a really great topic to kind of like enter into the and i'm and tell me at which point this topic becomes not fun because it's too close to home but i think talking about like (laughs) the idea of how many people are underemployed right now and like how hard it is to not be underemployed and how hard it is because there are so many people that like have education and have degrees and there just isn't like the way that the the market is structured right now, there just isn't. I mean, I don't know. As a person who's going through temping as much as you are, yeah, how, how, I mean, how do you it's, feel? It's incredibly frustrating, and you know, there, part of me acknowledges that yes, I have two degrees in the arts. So, like, while I'm like, oh, why am I not getting these jobs? I have a master's. It's an opera. That being said. I think that most degrees don't actually prepare you to be in the workforce anyway. Yeah. I, my last temp job, this was kind of sad, more sad for him than for me. Uh, the other temp had an MBA. I was oh, like, oh, God. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I was looking, oh, what was I? Oh, like a lot of places like 
sorry to any of you who work in HR, but people are getting like HR degrees now. I told my mom this because I don't think that was a thing when she was in school. She yeah. was like, what? <laughs> you don't need an HR degree. It's yeah. nonsense. It's actual bullshit. Yeah. So people want these kind of ridiculous things, even though I'm qualified, I have the skills, and I'm very good at learning on the job. And mm-hmm. you have a lot of work experience. And I have a lot of work too. experience. Yeah. I, mean, I was looking at my resume today and talking about it over. And she, I, like, I have what, you know, 12 to 15 years of actually just being, you know, working and at least five years of administrative experience. Right. So I should be a pretty attractive candidate. Right. You'd think that, right? <laughs> you and would I, think. And, you know, and to the to that end, too, is like even when you get the, get a job, like you worked a job, and I'm not going to mention which job it is on the, on the air, but you worked a job where you have so much experience in the relevant, uh, I'm t- t- looking at Maureen right now, the relevant work field, and then you were doing entry data level. Yeah, I, I worked for yeah, entry level data. Data. data entry. entry. Yeah. No, I no entry data level. I, I worked I worked yeah. for a coffee and tea distributor and I have been a barista for ten years and I would talk about coffee twice a day, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest of it was just the rest of it was just putting in like orders and yeah. stuff like that into a computer and I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like for these like HR assistant jobs and whatever. Like, you need the five years of experience in HR to photocopy things for you? Because that's all you're going to make me do. Yeah. And also, I'm so tired of, yeah, we can get you a scene for all these entry level positions. At what point does one become qualified for not entry level anymore? I feel like with as much experience as mm-hmm. I have, I, I could do, but, but no. Apparently not. Well, I think the idea. I don't know. And if someone's more familiar with corporate structure and wants to, like, school me on this, please do. But, like, I think the idea of an executive assistant is yeah. is um, filtering out. So what I mean by that is the idea of someone who, like, a secretary yeah. or someone who does all of that nitty-gritty for a specific person. And instead, they've now consolidated that all of it into one person's Like job. a lot of people, office managers, office coordinators and whatever are the admins. Or there's people, you can get an admin for a department happens a lot. I've seen yeah. a lot of those kind of positions. Um, there are executive assistant positions. A lot of those times you need experience and also it sounds like hell. But the other thing too is that <laughs> it, it feels to me like when it's one and one like that, yeah. when, when it's one assistant to one executive, right? Um, the, the workload is a little more spread out. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to consolidate five to ten executives' busy work into one position, you're doing the busy work of five or ten people. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like the executive executive assistant for like an entire floor. Right, right. Which is an absurd amount of work for one person. Mm -hmm. And why, like, you need... Like a specifically data entry person type person. Well, and then to you're going to be making fifteen dollars an hour. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we've like, you know, that's the things that I. That's one of those things that I feel like, the stage of like, private entrepreneurship that we're in now is so much different than it was like fifty years ago. You know, like. Getting a job entails so much more than it did before. Yeah, I mean, you used to, like, 
oh my god, you have a master's degree. <laughs> Here's a job. Right. You yeah. know. Whereas now it's... Or, like, you have a bachelor's degree. Oh, my God, here's a job. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, like... <laughs> I just think the level of education that... <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Like, I, you know, today I... I, I actually lost count. I've officially lost count of how many staffing agencies I'm on the rosters of in this town. You really? know? I think... I, I want to say it's six. Mm. But I'm not totally sure. And today I marched in to the one I interviewed it today. And I did it specifically on the recommendation of a friend and because they have they work for a lot of medical uh, companies, which yeah. I would like to do. Um, so that's why I went to that's why I added one more, because I didn't think, oh, lucky number six. <laughs> no, no. They, they had specific industries that interested me. But um, I, I marched in and said, I'm not here for temp jobs. I have five other agencies that can get me temp jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. not here for this. Yeah. Although, if it were a temp job at a place that I could potentially see myself being If hired. it was temp to hire. Well, temp job... Oh, yeah. I said yes to temp to hire. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm tired of dead-end temp jobs. No. Where they love you. They love you so much. You get really great feedback, and then they're like, bye. Yeah. No, I mean, I can understand the appeal of temping. I can understand the appeal of, temp- of temping if you're, like, between jobs. You know what I mean? Oh, it's amazing. Or for if you're, like really hardcore gigging as a singer in a way that I'm not. Yeah. That's just not the life that I've Where it's like, doing. oh, it's like, oh, I don't have anything booked in January. All right, I'll do this during yeah. January. And for people like that, you know, it's it's a really great, valuable resource. Or when you're in school, you know, temping is a great thing. Yeah. That, but I have been temping for like a year. <laughs> well, and the, the uh. thing is there aren't career jobs available anymore and if they are it's like you're going to be working data entry for like two years now here's the thing i wish i wish someone hired me full-time to do data entry i love doing data entry no one wants to hire me to that they all are trying to shove me into um call centers or things like that customer service i hate customer service and people always go oh my god you have performing degrees you're so personable we can get you these customer service jobs i'm like I'm in my 30s. I've done enough of this and I, to know that this is not who I am. I have friends who love doing it. Maureen, you like doing it. I love customer service. And, like that's, I have friends who love that. I have friends who love sales. I don't like either of those, but I can type over 100 words per minute. And I like sitting down at a computer and doing that, you know? Yeah. I hate I hate data entry. Right. Because I, I mix up numbers in my head and... I like if I'm looking at a spreadsheet, I'm I'm likely to like put the number in the wrong column, uh-huh. and that's chaos. That the, the whole me having to enter things like look at spreadsheets and translate that into vending software was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I was very bad at that. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, so let's talk about Daniel Bingo. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. So well, what made you? What reminded you? What did I say today that reminded you of it? Socialism. Socialism. Oh, I wanted to read the. Can I read the friend Drescher quote first? No. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, um, it this actually came to pass. This came to be at um Operon Tap, the Uberfest, which I also want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love um, that. But Daniel Bingo takes precedence. Uh, where you were doing your pre-song spiel and you were like engaging the audience and it was just all very Daniel. And then at some point, it, it, or what did you say? You oh. said something along the lines of like... 
<laughs> it, was just, it just was like a super ganga moment. I was like, if you just manage to get socialism in there somehow. Well, and then and then in your slides, you mentioned the gig economy, and we were like, there it is. <laughs> so so that we just, so that we were talking about that Sunday dinner, and we were saying, were you part of what? What? I think yeah. So, yeah. Was I part of this conversation? No, you were like in the kitchen or something. Um, it was like it was like me, Josh, and maybe Tom. Probably, yeah. yeah. And who we were saying that it would be really funny if we made like oh, Cat Dalen too was part of it. Was saying that um because she was offering to um laminate. laminate. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's so good. Um, that uh, we would take like we would create Daniel bingo boards that went, and you wouldn't be able, allowed to see them ever. No, because then you would avoid you the would topics. Know. Yeah, that's true. You can, you can't see them. So oh, much. I feel like though if if they're if it's a good Daniel bingo, I can't. I the th- you. People can call me out for something that's, like, very Daniel. Like, how many times have you made fun of me for socialism stuff? Many times. Have I ever stopped? No. But the thing is, if you know that, if you know that, you know, talking about this, you know, uh, talking about what's in the sauce is on the, is on the bingo board, then you're going to... Is gonna, that a thing? Is that a thing? Talking about what's I don't know or like or like Could talking be. about like you know like get, like ZD play by play or something like that. See the thing that sucks is ZD play by play. The thing that sucks is that um, this is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of there being like a list of things that people are rating that I do, like my habits, and I don't get to see it. <laughs> that is that's terrible. <laughs> That's like I'm asleep right now in a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll uh, I'll talk it over with my with my fellow collaborators and see and see if um if we'll allow you to see it. Well, were there a couple of good ones? I mean, you know, we didn't come up with anything she concrete. Didn't, yeah, I feel like we, we didn't really we, discuss it. We in just depth. we just said that it would be a funny concept and that Cat Dalen could get the boards oh. Yeah, That's pretty much as far as we got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's legit. There is a bottle of water here that I don't know that, how long it's been here for. A while. It's been here for a while. Exciting. Mystery water. Yeah. Um, so, we have two avenues here. We have Utoberfest and we have a Fran Drescher co- quote. Okay. Oh, oh. Well, let's talk Utoberfest because we kind of are already... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm personally very happy with how it went. For those of you that haven't heard, it was a October's the big month for uh, uh, Opera and Taps mm-hmm. national fundraising across the board. So every chapter makes a big push, and Utoberfest is our big. It's it's our monthly show for October, but it's you know, it's a push to to make money. And mm-hmm. uh, we had silent, you know, charged. We didn't. Char- we had a suggested donation and had a silent auction. We did it at a brewery. It was just so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and the thing that's really cool about it is that um, it's not like the other theme of the months in that it it gets to be just let's do the standard thing. Yes, yeah, so, but what I was really happy about with this one is that we managed to get a lot of ensembles. 
Yeah, is, you all killed that. Which is hard to do, and people, yes. have, because people have to be willing to... When you're just, like, suggesting an aria whenever, that's easy, because you could do it by yourself. You don't have to practice it with anyone else and whatever, but the ensembles, you actually have to find some time outside yeah. of. Well, and for a non-paying gig, yeah. you know, it's, it's, no, it's work. No, and you all leaned into um, the Lucia Sextet was something that was, like, talked about months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. You gotta lean into stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. No, but you're, you're right, and I think I just pushed on that because it's something that I, um, I had sung in grad school and I was like oh god what a fun piece of music and then I love Lucia oh, it's one of my favorite operas but that mm-hmm. sextet I mean so kind of and I knew that there'd be people, people people who knew it um, two people two or three people had to learn it but Mary who sang Lucia has sung the whole role oh my god. you know ooh Mary has sung the whole role with, with Main Street I think really yeah nice I know I would, have, I would love to hear our friend Mary Govertson she's very talented um, yeah, so we did that. Like, the Rosencav trio happened. I sang a duet from Elixir. Like, really, like, I was I was happy with the ensembles. Yeah. I like Mary Govardson. Oh, good people. She, uh, she was, um, my, my, uh, stage mom in, um, Falstaff. Yeah. She was great. Very maternal, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, she's honestly one of my favorite people. She's, like, her, really kind. Her mom antics on Facebook are some of my favorite yes, so things in the world. for those of you that... The Govertsons are a fantastic singing couple here in Chicago. And, and they have uh, a baby. And they have a cute baby. He's a... How old? Two? Three? Uh, he's, I think, two. Yeah. I tried to pitch her on the Norwegian concert, but I don't know I don't know where that ended up. I gotta check in with Marissa about that, speaking of. Okay. The perfect time to, to Daniel Bingo, Bingo, non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but uh, they have this whole bit on social media where, like, he'll do typical baby things. Their son and he, their his name is Emperor Baby. Emperor Baby. Mm-hmm. The tagline is always "All hail." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Fran Drescher. So Fran Drescher. Wait a minute. How much money did y'all make? Do you know, do you have a number yet? Um, I don't have a total final tally, but I want to say it's close to a thousand. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and it's exciting. And I think well, that silent auction. We killed. got a lot of really great people donated really cool things to the silent auction, like photos by um, Caitlin. Caitlin. Who, uh, incredible um, like Jordan donated a repertoire session Jordan Christ yeah. we had um, oh Matt donated a recording just uh, Ross I loved Ross's Ross Crean donated a, a um, song commission mm-hmm. which uh, Megan Cook outbid me on <laughs> I- <laughs> Megan Cook no, although I'm really excited for them to work oh, together that's I feel like they're going to come up with something wonderful so um, I feel like they're going to come up with something like dark and, and like, very amazing. like dirgy oh I can't I'm wait excited for that yeah so I was just so I mean the people who donated these wonderful things for a silent auction really came through for us and really helped out and, yeah uh, yeah, no, the silent auction is a good thing. That's something that um, Marissa started. Yeah. And, like, I think it was last year, but it's... Last year's silent auction was really awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I they've heard. only gotten better. It's only gotten better. All, all, all of it has only gotten better, which is amazing. Uh, our thing, we just did the Operatic Book Club with Jessica. Yeah, how'd it go? Um, yeah, for those at home, I don't know if maybe... This one went under the radar a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I didn't realize until too late that it was happening. Yeah, well, it's um, it also, like, was on the opening night of the World Series, apparently. Uh, and, like, it was, like, the coldest... Who's even in the series? It doesn't matter. Anyway. Dod- well, Dodgers-Yankees? The thing with Operatic Book Club, and specifically at Harold Washington, is I usually don't market a ton personal, like, per, like us, because we tend to treat it like an incubator space and we usually get a lot of foot traffic and a lot of Mm -hmm. the live people, folks that just keep an eye on the library calendar are very interested in it. So we'll have like 30 or 40 people and we won't have to do anything for it. Um, In this case, that did not work. And they were shocked. (laughs) Yeah. They were shocked that it, they were like, they were sad. Oh (laughs) yeah. But it's like, honestly, I was really happy because the thing that we're doing is something that I've been we've been working on for a while, and it was something that Jessica Hiltevital and I had started talking about a while. Yeah, because you got I remember you talking about it. A yeah, time. and we talked about it on the show at one point, and someone was like, "What's going on with that?" Um, it's a really thoughtful performance. Yeah. Well, and and I think what we've realized is that the nature of this project specifically, because it's trying to look at all of the different Mignon adaptations, it's just not something that's going to get, it's just not something that's going to be done with this moment. So we treated it kind of more as like a, like a dress, I mean, literally. Kind of the beginnings for this or the, yeah. Well, so the idea is, and maybe this will be exciting for folks, is as we're moving towards thinking about trying to create series programming and kind of like seasons of programming. Mm-hmm. So like that started with Kantara, the thing that we're doing with yeah, Tyler, yeah, yeah, yeah. the opera RPG thing. Have you heard any of that? No, I have to listen. It's really it's good. It's really good. Well, and it's w- so fun. Yeah, I'm interested to it's see. A, I love the idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, I'm interested to see how what we can do about. I want to talk to Tyler about this. I'm I'm not going to talk about it on air. I'm, I'll talk to Tyler about it. But um, the, what I was going to say is that as we're moving towards creating seasons of content um i'm also thinking about because you know musicology is such a big personal um, yeah, yeah, yeah. project of our passion of mine that it'd be very interesting to me to create like seasons of musicology content almost like a mix between musicology and like a documentary and like a but like an audio documentary so like my thinking is is that we could do a season of mignon settings it'd be 20 minute podcast episodes where she would sing the song and then her and um, a pianist like pianist slash coach type person like a Beth Parker or something that I, I haven't reached out to her or anything yet so <laughs> I'm like literally hypothesizing on air but anyway excuse me sorry um, the idea then being that you know you'd get almost like a coaching over podcast on the piece or like get the experience of yeah i i see i see what you're saying i think that could be really cool like a, yeah. a really cool research uh, resource for people also who are like right and and i mean you know. it would start with the mignon but then after that there's so many different things that we could do with that like i know um i'm trying like thinking about mounting vinterreza in february mm-hmm. I've, I've always wanted to do it um and and i i don't know we'll see what happens um but Anyway, so my point is, is that, like, any of those kinds of song cycles, any project that we're doing, like, things that we've already done, we could start talking about doing in a similar way to that. Um, building a partnership with with someone, some musicologist slash pianist slash public intellectual type person mm-hmm. would be really powerful for that. So, all of that is to say that the Operatic Book Club was fantastic. 
Yay. Because it was a step right. to that. Yeah. More so than other operatic book clubs Got have it. been. Okay. Not that other operatic book clubs haven't been fun. Yeah. No, well, I love that one that I saw you sing in. The recipe one? Yeah, it was so much fun. We're, we're thinking of remounting that in a different location. I think you should. It was so about. fun. Well, we've already pitched it to the wooden spoon. We need to get details in uh, uh, like okay. a line and stuff like that. But we're talking so, about basically so like a cooking store oh, okay. <gasps> that has like a that has like a show kitchen. Yeah. Oh so my we god, talk- how fun would that yeah. be? We talked about it with Jessica. Doing the we- Julia Child in that space would be killer. Well, yeah. and so that's the idea is that the thinking <laughs> is that we'd break it up like that yeah. where you could take like let's say Le Bon Cuisine for example. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. four recipes. And so you could do the recipe, you could do the song Cook the recipe, do the second song, cook, cook the, recipe, the recipe, do the third song, cook the recipe. Because well, and we've make got, it like a mix between yeah. a cooking show and a. Because we've got the we've got the you know the four recipes are plum pudding, um, oxtail stew, tavuk gengsis, and rabbit in. Oh, rabbit at top speed. <laughs> so like basically like braising a rabbit yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Right. I, that sounds like a fun time. That'd be yeah. a really cool day to like. Yeah, and it's that's the other thing is that that and the Julia Child piece that we did with Julia or uh, Jessica and the um, uh, the stuff that Tierra did. We could we could build up to putting on the entirety of the opera "Blood on the Dining Room Floor," which has that's a right. Few I was trying to remember what she did. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's something we're also really thinking about. But that's like a year. That's a big project. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really cool one. Yeah. 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 So we're really excited about all that. Uh, I don't know. Fran Drescher. <laughs> yeah, do you, you want to go from that into Fran Drescher? Sure. So for those that don't know, Fran Drescher's on Twitter. And in the world where our celebrities are also our philosophers. <laughs> and our politicians. <sighs> That was, well, that was too much. Too much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people have been kind of dancing around the idea of, like, is Fran Drescher, like, low-key a socialist theorist? But it, she actually really is not afraid to be like, no, like, capitalism. Fucking yikes. Yikes. Oof. Um, but it's inter- it's crazy that she's actually, like, okay with being like, the the model of capitalism that we're working with right now is not working. And so the quote that I pulled was, uh, it's from a Jezebel article, so I don't know if folks have differing opinions on Jezebel. I don't really care. Um, The question is, you're saying it now, obviously, but you've tweeted before that you're anti-capitalist and see capitalism as the root of the world's problems, right? And Fran Drescher goes, that's right, but let me just clarify that because I don't want people to get confused and think that I have a problem with people making money. There's nothing wrong with making money, but if your quest to pray to the money gods supersedes all the things that are of true value to the planet, to humanity, to the natural world, then you're a sociopath. And you're becoming a cannibal. And that's what is to be stopped. And that's the brainwashing and propaganda that came out of the Industrial Revolution. Look at some of the phrases. It's like dog eat dog. The buck stops here. Greed is good. I mean, really, it's disgusting. And we have to start rebranding and start reinventing and modifying and realize that it's unsustainable. What a good quote. I, I know, right? <laughs> like, and how eloquently Dr- put, though. That's such, such a good way to put Because that... I can't, I find no fault with that, right? Like, that's... Mm-hmm. It's, because sometimes it's hard for me to really shake down exactly how I feel about capitalism and socialism and this and that. But that pretty accurately 
paints what? what's wrong with our society, what we have to do to fix it. Fran Trescher, the nanny, one of my favorite shows. And she's up. honestly, <laughs> I was just going to say, because she's honestly been always rad as fuck. Like, she created the nanny. I know. Did she write it? Um, I'm not sure if she wrote it, but she probably, she probably wrote some of it. But yeah, she's, she's always been really cool. I've, I love her. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I think she's, pr- she's brilliant. And the idea that she gets like, kind of like, sweeped off as... Well, she gets panned because she's best known for being like working class and undereducated. And her voice. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. Well, the voice on the show was uh, not right. a real voice. I mean, right. Like, but, I mean, yeah. people people associate that voice with her. Yeah. Like, when they hear her speak, they're like, oh! What? Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. It was a voice. But, uh, but I loved it. I mean, it was just as a New York Jew... <laughs> Just one of the many accurate depictions of New York Jewish life on television between that and Seinfeld that, you know, I really appreciated it. <laughs> well, it makes me want to rewatch The Nanny, but you know, there's like no real way to see it. It's none, really. Is it not on the used to when I was in, um, <laughs> when I was an undergrad? Now, I'm saying this realizing how long ago that was because I'm about to hit my tenure reunion, I think. But when I was an undergrad, my roommates and I would watch Lifetime because yeah. you would hit. After the Frasier hour, you'd hit an hour of Golden Girls and then the nanny. But that's when you knew it was time to go to bed because that meant it was like 3 or 3.30 in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it was like obscenely late. You're like, oh, shit, the nanny's on. But Lifetime used to show it is my point. Or I remember that from high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that tracks. Because I, I remember <laughs> the, the nanny was always on too late. Yeah. And I like, was like, I want to get into this, but like, I'm half asleep. Like, There's no way. I love Can we talk name. about how Frasier didn't age well? Have you watched Frasier recently? Um, I have not. Well, I, I, I've seen a billion episodes. No, I mean, it's kind of a terrible sh- It's I enjoyed watching it, but oh, yeah. Oof. Well, it's interesting to me. I think there are people that get comfort out of it. The same way that I, like, you know what show I really can always rewatch is The Office. Yeah, I... I never was huge in watching it. I've watched a lot of episodes at this point because I've had so many friends who are obsessed. Right. It doesn't do much for me. What, Frasier or The Office? The Office. It kind of makes me anxious, to tell the truth. That's literally, that's very fair. <laughs> I know that there are a lot of shows. What show were we trying to watch that... Have you ever watched Nathan for You? Yes. And, uh, yes. My brother loves that show. Is, do you have a hard time watching it? A little bit. It That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. It's, it's, it is a polarizing show. Because I think that, like... That it has a this, it's the same vein as The Office, but it's so funny. I mean, I, th- I really oh, do it, well. Also, it's brilliant. Oh, I mean, it's brilliant. I just yeah, it's so I have uncomfortable. A, I have a real my cringe factor. The threshold for cringe factor for me is very low. I think I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I, <laughs> like I have a real hard time with like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, see, I could. Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of those shows where it might take me two hours to watch a one-hour episode because I have to pause it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I think it's genius, but the cringe factor. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very cringy. And the, uh, I have an instant reaction to pause these days. I find myself doing it all the time. If, if a show gets very uncomfortable, I pause it and go, what the hell, Josh? That's a TV show. Just watch it. Um. Oh, I forgot what I was just going to say. It was another show, though. Um... No, I'm. I'm very. I'm. I will pause 
at, yeah. a, at a dro- the drop of a hat. We, yeah, okay. One glance, one weird, stressful glance, and like, I'm like, pause. <laughs> like, <sighs> well, um, you know what it makes me think of this entire co- concept of like the cringe factor is like Kaufman, Andy Kaufman. Oh, sure. Who I, I would say created that conceptually, but the thing is that I feel like what people have gleaned from that is the let's make people uncomfortable thing, because I feel like a lot of Kaufman's works, like although couldn't you say that that's very Brechtian? I have a I have a Dan- I mean like seriously, though. I'd like to identify another Danielism if that's yeah. okay with the with the room. Yeah, yeah. That Daniel finds out that something exists and he decides that that thing. Or, like, Daniel will find out about a person who did a thing, and he'll decide that that person invented that thing. (laughs) He said that Richard... Didn't you say that Richard Branson invented nonprofit status in England? I did not say that he invented it. (laughs) What I'm I'm saying is, is that I think that he must have been part of the influences of the finer details of what nonprofit status has become now. I, I'd be interested in learning more about that. I feel like you could trace, like, uncomfortable making theater back to, like, Comedia. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have the, like, dumb clown Comedia characters who do very cringeworthy. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, actually. And I, I would argue that Andy Kaufman is something of like a clown. Yes, yeah, for sure. I'd say he's definitely a clown, and I, but I also would say there's a very Brechtian element, an alienation, a kind of yeah. So tell me what you would suggest about getting your feet wet with Brecht. Oh God, I don't know. I just it's one of those I don't I don't I, I don't know how to it's one of those things that I wouldn't know where to start. I just kind of know what it is because I went to theater school and that's what right. I know who you know who practiced. But I feel like a great way. I mean, just like research, go look up some productions of um, Three Penny, Three Penny mm. Opera. I feel like it's a nice way to. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a easily enough digestible thing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think um, I'm meeting a lot more theater people recently. Partly with the, sh- the work in the show, but I, I've like just did a twenty four hour play festival, and then also oh, right, did the yeah. theater criticism thing, which both of which we've talked on the show at length. And sorry that I'm referencing it again, but um, how dare but you? I, that's something that such I such arrogance. Yeah, that's something that I don't that I wish I knew more about is Brecht. I would say that you want to get Rose Freeman back here. And talk yeah. to her about it because again, it's like one of those things. I I know what it is, and I know the alienation, breaking the third wall, blah blah blah. Right. But um, fourth wall. Uh, I was going to say third, third wall. wall. The fifth wall. I think, <laughs> Gosh, do you have a degree in this? The fourth. The fourth wall. The ninth wall. The stage left gate, wall. The yeah. stage. So, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I like how I'm over here, like... Talking talk, to the stage crew. Talking to the That's what I like to do. I just stop what I'm singing and turn over to the stage manager and go, Hey! And it's very yeah. Brechtian. Yeah. <laughs> He's very much about breaking the third the wall. Thir- the third wall. The stage yeah. left... Stage wall. left wall. Um, uh, 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 but as I going to say... God. I, I, just get, get Rose in here. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Because someone who I think I think a director would be a really good person to talk to about that kind mm-hmm. of work, or or someone who really does 
uh, yeah, I'd love to act find... more in yeah. straight I mean, stuff that I don't not opera. I'd love to get like I'd love to get someone in here to talk about like someone like Rose who's familiar with both like bodies of work. Yeah. That could talk about like parallels between theater lit and opera lit. Oh, for sure. I, that that of course, very that would be infinitely interesting. To I me. mean, just specifically because like obviously like you know you know they are being produced at the same time in the same cities by sometimes the same people and mm-hmm. so like theatrical movements and you know artistic movements you know echoed very strongly in both art forms and mm-hmm. so to see how cuz i know that like world war 1 was a very had a very played a very large role in opera and classical music and so yes. I'm sure it also played a huge role in theater. Yes. In fact it did with Dadaism and all of that. But so it's I would love to talk to get someone in here to talk about that. Yeah for sure. That'd be sick. The other thing that I'm really interested in is um I'm really into the idea of building up and working with building an open source library. That's super important to me. Um, and so I'm curious where that, if there's a theater space for that, like, are there a lot of like recordings that, of things that are at this point, Mm. not rights holders. And I, I bring it up at this moment now, because if there's anyone at home listening that is also curious about that, let me know. Cause we can work on that project together. That would be super fun. I feel like there must be some semblance of that or for things that are. And I, Public the, domain, yeah. I, the, what I'm saying is, is like I would be more than willing to produce like some readings. That'd be fun to record them and then put them up on just like fucking YouTube or something. That wouldn't that be super fun? Yeah, yeah I think that would be super interesting and and not hard and so educational. Someone forgot a ring here. It's a crazy place we live in. <laughs> Moody, did you have guests? Yeah, she probably did. <laughs> Moody got engaged. Moody, good for you, girl. Yeah, she's getting hers. Hey, Lindsay and Topher got engaged. Yeah, my friends Lindsay and Topher got engaged. She proposed to him with power tools. <laughs> They're so good. I, you know what the other thing I really want to do is um, make them make 10 or 15 uh, vegan pizza recipes and then sell their pizza book on scopymag.com. <laughs> Force them to come up with. Yeah. Alright, message. Well, because they do a good. That book is really cool. Yeah, they made that book Rootin' for Gluten. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll have to look through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they make pizza. They make pizzas like once a week. And they call it Pizza, pizza Night, Night in, in America. America. Pizza Night in America. Yeah. And then they post pictures of it. Yeah, they're just good people. I cry once an hour, and I call it Crying Minute of This Hour in America. <laughs> In America, it's a long title for something wait. that happens so frequently. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So wait, you cry once every hour for once, a minute. Once every hour for one minute, like clockwork, or is it at different points in the hour? Is it like at the? Se- is it like seven minutes past it's the seven hour? Seven minutes past past the hour every hour. Wow. So that means you're gonna start crying in eight minutes. I can't wait. <laughs> Have a lot wow. to cry about this hour. But it's also not not just like a. Um, not just something that happened, like, like something prompts me to cry every. That's you know, mm. <laughs> hours are rough these days. They really are. Every hour, I wake up sobbing. I gotta say, every hour, <laughs> I don't sleep well. 
2017 is like, <laughs> you know. Wait a minute, was it eight minutes past the hour or nine or seven, seven minutes? Seven, seven, seven minutes past that hour. Okay. <laughs> I'm setting an alarm. <laughs> God. Well, what time are we at? 40 minutes. You want to wrap up? Huh. Do you have anything else to say? Why do I have to? What, uh, what? I mean, if we if we fill up seven more minutes, we can hear Josh cry. Cool. Well, so tomorrow will be Thursday. Mm-hmm. So it's Thursday, and for anyone listening, unless for some reason you're picking this up on Wednesday night. If you're picking this show up on Wednesday night, good for you're, you. You're awesome. And I really appreciate it. If you're picking the show up on Wednesday night, hi, Ross. <laughs> yeah. He does. He usually gets it. Because he gets it from... He gets it from Twitter, which I, I deeply appreciate. Uh, yeah. I, I, I you know, because at this point, like, I'm so overwhelmed with everything. That, <laughs> the only thing that goes on Twitter right now on our Twitter is the episodes. Um, I think there are a couple other people that listen the night before, too. Let it, Let us know. I'm gonna plug something in like one second. I just have to look up the date, the time. Oh, I want to plug something. Plug it. Go away. Go for it. December first. Yeah, put this in your calendar. We are having a party on December first. We are. And it's gonna be really fun. Uh, we're gonna. It's gonna be. So we've been making noises about how we're. Uh, releasing a new brand, like a new imagery. We're retooling our website. Um, we're gonna like restructure some stuff. We're gonna every all of our social media is gonna have a total facelift, and we're launching that on December first. And to celebrate that, we're gonna have a big old party. Yeah, we are. Um, we have a space, but it. I don't. I don't want to say exactly where it is. Just, just you know, because I'm. I like want to make like amazingly sure that we have that space um i got like a i asked about it and they were like yeah that'd be awesome sure but like you know that was a couple weeks ago yeah um but so we're gonna like we're gonna have our graphic designer talk a little bit about the brand we're gonna talk a little bit about what scoppy's up to Mm -hmm. we're gonna ask some artists to show some so to show some things um there's gonna be food there's gonna be booze i think it's gonna be really fun we're gonna what i would love to do is like have some interactive things to like kind of commemorate what people have created this year just because the whole thing is go out and make something and so like having people like write down things that they've made this year yeah just like a big board of Of like a whiteboard or of like things that were a big piece of paper like things that were born this year things that yeah. were created this year so i'm i'm really excited about the prospect of that and just like you know hope we're gonna get, try to get as many past podcast guests on as possible and just like get everyone together and have fun and yeah the other thing that i really need is if anybody is good at um transcription and wants to learn ap style writing uh please let me know because uh i'm interested in paying somebody $20 an article to listen back to podcast episodes and pull quotes from them and then write 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 a little piece about it. So if that's something that you'd be interested in, do let me know. I was was a professional transcriptionist. Do you want to do that? I could, yeah. We could talk more. Off the air. 
Okay, great. Well, then, yeah. Well, then, never mind. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, well, just, yeah. who knows? Yeah. yeah. Do, I'm busy, so so do mind. Do reach Email out. in. Reach well, out. it'll be on a case-by-case basis. So, like, right. if if, if, it's, if not Josh, then um, then someone will. So, what I was going to plug, if any of you listening like metal music, not the... Yeah. Metal, yeah. Um, my twin brother, Sam, and his band are going to be playing in Chicago this Friday. I forgot you have a twin brother. Yep. So, just I want you guys to just listen and enjoy the names of these bands that he's playing with. I'll tell you the name. I'll tell you. Well, his band is Artificial Brain, and on this same show is Cattle Decapitation, Good Revocation, and Full of Hell. I love Full of Hell. Oh my god. <laughs> I think Full of Hell, I think one of their songs is our song, Daniel. Oh, I thought so. I was just thinking that joke. <laughs> yep. Like, that joke came out of my brain <laughs> as you said it out loud. Uh, so, Out of your artificial brain? Ah. Synthetic. So, yeah, so that's show. I hear a door. <laughs> it's at 7 p.m. at Reggie's. My brother's band is Artificial Brain. Mm-hmm. And his... I know the I know one of the guys who plays with Revocation. Too, Everybody so. at home, Tyler Lee got a haircut. Let me see your hair. You got a cut. Looks very good. So Thank handsome. You. Thank you. So handsome. So handsome. Yeah. So also bring earplugs, as I will be doing, and that's not a slight to them. They literally suggest it because their music is very loud. Yeah. <laughs> Metal. <laughs> Yay! Actually, I'm gonna tell. Um, Claire Ducanto about this. They really like metal. Yeah, they should. They, what? They, when is it? Friday it's Friday, night. the twenty seventh, at seven p.m. Do you want to go? Reggie's. Maybe I, I have a <laughs> meeting at five. Is there a cover? Um, I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Not sure how much. Um, one million. One million dollars. Yeah, they. So it's cool. Sam's band, Artificial Brain. They actually. Um, there's a producer on TV who really likes them, so they made their music has made it into like two different TV shows at this point. Like they were in um, Elementary. The really? producer for that likes them. Yeah. Wow. Lucy Liu walks into a room and turns them off of the stereo. <laughs> it's apparent. <laughs> it is the seat. Yeah. I mean, isn't it really cool? Yeah. 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 Someone. Someone. Some is producer out there really still likes on? them. What's that? Is Elementary still on? I don't know. I'm not sure. Huh. I think it might be. Not totally sure. I'd be interested in watching that. Um, cool. Well, okay. thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. And I'm not crying yet, but I will be shortly. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Well, no, that's not what I say. Uh, if you want to keep up with, we are with what, hmm. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. <laughs> I just wish Daniel could get through a sentence. <laughs> it's, seven. it's seven past the hour. He has to cry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, if you want to keep up with what we're up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That is our website. We post all of our articles, all of our... Uh, we post a lot of stuff there. So go ahead, check it out. Um, yeah, otherwise you can find us on social media. On Facebook, that's Scopy Magazine. On Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, and iTunes Podcast. Fenster, Grinders, Scruff. 
Scruff. We're really active on Scruff. We should get a Scruff profile. Adam for Adam, Manhunt. I don't know if those websites still haven't. Adam for Adam. There are like pot dealers that sign up for Tinder accounts. Yeah. It's a very real thing. It's a thing. thing. Yeah. You can buy edibles like from that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, and as always, um, I'm here to emphasize the importance boys. of donations. <laughs> <laughs> How many apps are you on? No, I'm. Just, oh, you just know of them. I'm okay. just listing. Those are not even uh, rent, 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 rent boys. I don't know. It's where you, you get uh, escorts. It's fine. I'm so happy I get. came in at the end of this. <laughs> and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We Corn run it. on a shoestring budget. <laughs> Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. Growler. If you're in a position to <laughs> You can head to our website, scoppymag.com. Go to our about section. There are a couple ways that you can give. You can give on a one-time basis. If you choose to do that, you'll have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, some cool things will happen. First of all, our next two donors will receive a bag of half-wit coffee at $10 a month. You'll receive one free session per month of studio photography with Daniel in our space. And at $25 a month or above, you'll be a part of our affiliate program. Jack. We're grateful to our donors at every level, but our affiliates are individuals, businesses, and organizations who support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media at a higher level. Surge. We believe that such generosity... Grizzly. <laughs> Such generosity during this time deserves recognition, so our affiliates will be featured on our website with a link to their website or social media or gay sex app profile. Just men. Just men. Funky boys. As a means of advertisement and will receive a Scuppy affiliate window sticker. Real talk, we need to get some of those dating site folks in that affiliate program. That'd be sick. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Thank you all so much for listening. Go out and make something. Hotmail.